0: Good morning, everybody. It's David Knight at the OK Boomer Show, and we've got Hannah Rice and Evan McKenna joining us today. Uh, We're going to jump right into it, and the subject for today is manners, and uh, I think that's a great subject for us to... Peel apart the differences between the Boomer generation and the Millennials. So, <laughs> um, you know, normally one of the biggest thing about manners is not being late. So, Evan, what's that? Huh? You held us up about twenty minutes. Yeah, that's kind of rude. Make I us mean, look bad. I don't know what to say. I have no. I have. No, I don't know what to say. Yeah, typical, <laughs> typical Millennial. No, nothing to say. Just okay, Boomer. Leave me alone. I'm late. Yeah. Anyway, hey, look, I, I, uh, I love the subject of manners because. You know, I noticed that it's, uh, I don't know, my generation very strict on manners, um, and today maybe not so much. Um, So we're going to peel apart, I think, tell stories about how you learned manners, who who taught you manners, right? And then how that evolved, and let's get into manners in the workplace, because – you know, I go into the kitchen in here, and it's a it's a pigsty. There's dirty dishes everywhere. And I just don't get it. Like, why would you have lunch and then leave dirty dishes in the sink? Just, I think that's manners. I think that's bad manners.
1: That might be laziness as well. <laughs> could be.
0: Could be. Maybe they're related. I'm too lazy to have manners. Maybe that's the way to go. Okay, so. From the top, Evan, um, I grabbed you because you're taking a drink. So um, oh, perfect. Uh, tell me, like, go back to your childhood. What what are your memories of, like, manners or being taught what's right or what's wrong or what's nice, etc.?
2: So it's an interesting topic of conversation because I grew up in a household that was pretty – my parents held me to a standard that was pretty high. I mean, please, thank you, making sure, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, not talking out of turn, you know, and, and grew up in a place where, you know, People are complimenting my parents on the way my brother and I behaved, but obviously being late today, I was never great with that (laughs) aspect. Um, I hated getting out of bed. I was constantly late to school. But growing up, I mean, there was a religious side to it. You know, I grew up in a Christian household, and so there was a lot of church and a lot of this is the way you should behave kind of thing. And it was always you had to respect your elders like growing up i always had to refer i never referred to anyone older than me that wasn't like a kid or something or a teenager uh, by their first name i always called them a sir or their last name mr so-and-so uh mrs so-and-so you know and if they were married or not you had to use the correct uh you know asphyxiation or however whatever that S- <laughs> suffix suffix yes asphyxiation. <laughs> when you when you choke um <laughs> yeah it makes Sorry. for a good topic uh so it's hard to say um, exactly where my parents went right and where they went wrong, um, but I believe I I was in in the right place. So you know we had to we had to do certain chores at certain times, you know we had to treat people a certain way, live by kind of like that golden rule, you know do unto others as you would have them do unto you and. And in a sense, even though, you know, being in the religious household, we didn't believe in karma, but we did believe in things were given back to you in the way that you gave it out as well.
0: I think that's karma. Mm-hmm. In a sense, <laughs> karma,
2: yeah, best way to put it. You know, you get back what you sow out.
0: Right, right. Hannah, what about you? What's your kind of early memories of being taught what to do and what not to do and how to treat people?
1: I mean, I think my parents put a lot of emphasis on manners, like, obviously, like, always say please, always say thank you. If someone's buying you something, like a friend's parent bought you dinner, you always need to say thank you, um, just that kind of thing. I mean, I didn't really grow up with, like, where my parents had the expectation that I needed to say, like, sir or ma'am. Maybe that's maybe just, like, a, a regional thing. I don't know where Born you're... Born here
2: in Parker, Colorado. All right. Well, maybe not.
1: <laughs> I know that's, like, a big southern thing. That's the only reason why I asked, but... um yeah, I mean, we. Did, I mean, but obviously, yeah, when I was a kid and it was more like I was dealing with adults where it was like my teachers or my friends' parents or whatever, I would always use Mr. or Mrs., that kind of thing. So they put a lot of emphasis on that kind of thing. And then just always like cleaning up after myself, not really, yeah, speaking out of turn. Um, I think a big one, my parents kind of were opposites on the whole being late, being early type thing. My dad was always 20 minutes early and my mom was always 20 minutes late. So I think...
2: Same in my house. My mom was always late.
1: I mean, part of me was like, I definitely picked up some of those bad habits from my mom. But then when my mom was late for things, I would kind of get that similar frustration that people get when people are late. So it's like and then i'd i had been late to classes or whatever it was and you can kind of just see the disappointment on people's face and i just didn't like that feeling and but my dad was like he's just very like ocd always early always knows exactly where he puts things and like taught us that whole thing so i think that's why where i got my organization from but i mean yeah i think the whole being early thing i've just learned puts me at ease more than anything so that's one thing that I I thank my dad for because it's just like in general I feel a lot more calm and just less anxious when I'm yeah doing better at time management but yeah
0: yeah I must admit I'm like a stickler for being on time I I always get somewhere 15 minutes early and just make sure I'm there presenting you know on time and uh, I get quite kind of snarly when my team turns up late to meetings, but um, that's a personal peeve. But anyway, that's, I think that's a manners thing, that's also a respect thing. So, you know, I, I grew up in a single mom household, uh, mostly, and, um, you know, my grandparents were pretty influential. Um, so, yeah, we were always taught, please, thank you, you know, yes, sir, you know, yes, ma'am. But although Australians don't use ma'am, I just don't remember what we, we say. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think the interesting thing is table manners, right? So that was always a big thing. You have a family dinner and there's like no elbows on the table and use your knife and fork correctly and don't slurp your soup and there's all these little things that, you know, you got you got kind of you cool. have to wait till
2: everybody's finished to be excused. That's kind of right.
0: That's right. And in those days, it was like a clean plate, which probably is not that, not that healthy. It's not great to have that in your head that you've always got to, like, clean the plate, eat everything in front I of you. I kind
1: of don't thank my dad for that one because yeah. sometimes I'll sit at a restaurant and get this huge plate of food, and I'm like – Trying to like not waste any money or right, anything, right. so I'll like eat the whole thing and then I just feel terrible.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you got the universal story that there are kids starving in the world, so you have to eat everything in front yep. of you. So, uh, but
2: uh, I mean, I still do it to my kids, but I make sure I give them a, a, the right size portion, the
0: right size portion. So portion. they Vegetables. still have to
2: finish it, <laughs> right. and it's just enough. Well,
0: make sure mm-hmm. they finish their broccoli, that's probably all they need to finish, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then I went to an all boys school, so we were we, we all looked pretty cute. We had like little uniforms, and we had little <laughs> caps, right? The Scots College we had blue caps with uh, gold bands on them. And so, you know, when we left school, we had to have our caps on, and then you got to the pedestrian crossing and had to cross, and if somebody stopped for you, you had to take your cap off and, you know, doff your cap and look at the person, and say thank you. And if you're ever caught talking to somebody with your cap on, you got in trouble. So there was all those kind of things about, you know, how you do that, right? And then growing up, it was always like open the car door for the for the ladies and then walk on the right side of the street. So those that don't know, you're meant to walk on the side where the – Cars are, I guess historically that was because when Horse and buggies were going down the wet roads. They would splash, you know, the pedestrians. So the guy's role was to, like, protect the the, well, w- the women. Well, it was a little bit more than session. that,
2: too. So back in the old days, there was no sewage and systems, so they would dump their sewage out the windows into the street. And mm-hmm. so to keep the splash from hitting the lady, right. the men would be there on the side. Right. Because it was all sewage and grossness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I guess we've progressed a little bit since then. So
1: I mean, I still find it really impressive when, like, a guy will open the door for me. That's pretty, like, old-fashioned, but, like— yeah. I'm not really like the, nope, I'm yeah. the independent yeah. woman that needs to open my own door. I've had that happen where <laughs> like, I've
2: had nice. ladies get angry at me for holding the door for them. You know, I can do things on my own. Okay, I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> you know, I,
1: I'm like, nope, if I don't, I don't have to do it on my own, if you're going to do it for so, me, then it's great.
0: So do you think that's a millennial thing? Do you think that's like a female empowerment thing in the millennial generation where it's like equality rules and <laughs> – you know, I don't need that kind of help. So don't, you know, like carrying. You know, I've always been taught you got to carry the lady's bag, right, and open the door, and just, you know, just look after, uh, you know, f- females around you, especially, you know, fr- family and stuff. Um, do you think? Do you think that's kind of empowerment of the female generation and millennials, or how, how does that? How does that happen? Where you get into that discussion of like, I don't need your help.
1: Um, I mean, there's certain things where yes, I would probably like hold steady on certain things. Like I can do this by myself. I don't need a man to be doing this for me kind of thing. But like I'm not really gonna put up a fight if a guy like opens the door for me. Like that just seems like a lame battle to fight. Like I would be I would just be thankful and Impress just and thankful. I mean I open the door for I mean my parents always taught me that as I hold the door for people. Like I think that's just like a, any mm-hmm. anyone should be doing that and that's right. just a nice nice thing to do. But right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean when females were like would put up a fight over something like that, I think that's like not really worth it. I mean, I've had friends where like I saw it more with like their dads. Like right. their dads were kind of taking care of every little thing for them and one morning I stayed at a friend's house and it was snowing and her dad literally like sh- took all the snow off my car, like heated up my car, like And had it pulled out and like ready for me to go, which was like really nice. But like he did, I mean, I didn't, my dad didn't do that for me. I think there was some things where my dad's like, you can do this on your own. I mean, but I think that's good because no offense to this person, but she's a little bit sheltered. She's not really like someone that feels that she can do things on her own or always is asking for help with things, which is not a bad thing to ask for help, but I think that's where I'm happy my dad kind of taught me to like, and my mom just yeah. to do things on your own. Like you're perfectly capable. You can do that kind of stuff because you're going to have to, if you want to yeah. be by yourself at some point.
0: Yeah. That's a bit of a pay it forward to like, be do nice things for people and things will come back to you. Right.
1: But yeah, to answer that question, I think it just depends on the person like female. I mean, but I think to be a feminist, you don't need to be yelling at a man to like right. be opening a door for you. Yeah. I think that's a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah. That's just me. Even, like, going out on a date when you are really young, right, it was always like, you know, my mom was like, well, you're going to have to pay for, you know, your your girlfriend or your date, right? So it was always like that. Like, we would never think of taking somebody out without having to pay for them, but I think that's kind of changed today, too, a little bit. Oh, my goodness, yes.
2: I think so. (laughs) I mean,
1: I think it's just kind if you're, like offering to split things at least not always be the girl that makes your boyfriend pay for every little thing because i've i've seen that too where it's like some of my friends expect their boyfriends to pay for everything and i'm just like come on man like you can pay for some stuff i mean my boyfriend like the first couple dates when he was kind of like wooing me if you will he paid for everything but then once we started dating i mean if we like go to a restaurant or something that's not very expensive like i don't I just split it with him. Yeah, but
2: oh, my wife will straight up tell you that she only dated me because she wanted free dinner. I mean, <laughs>
0: were you a, were you a chef or something?
2: No, or? she just didn't want to pay for anything. She <laughs> wanted to go out Aww. on a good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Heard yep. that one, too, from yep. a lot of my friends. They'll just go on dates with guys they're not interested in to get free dinner, and I'm right. like, that's a little messed up, yeah, but okay. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah, I mean, it, it, speaking of dinner, if we're on that moment, like it blows my mind just watching my millennial generation today that are in their late 20s, early 30s, and and they're these people, some of, the, some of our friends have been dating for years. They've been together five, eight years. You know, Some of them are engaged. Some of them are getting ready to be married here soon, and it's like, they go out for dinner. They have a good time together, and then you watch like their Venmo account, and they're sending each other money for dinner. It's like, wait a minute, either just split the bill there, or next person covered it another time. You're all, you've already been together for five to eight years. Really? Why in the world are you still like splitting your checks? Yeah. And I don't know. And it goes back to the whole like, I grew up in the same kind of a household where I was expected to be able to pay for, you know, the lady or whoever I'm taking out to dinner. I asked you to go to dinner, so I'm inviting you. Right. You know, I, my expectation is I am going to pay for you if I have to. And, you know, and so the idea of splitting the check or expecting to split the check just because I took you out on a date blows my mind. Like I invited you out for a date. I'm going to pay for you unless you insist upon otherwise. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, I think my expectations will definitely change once I'm like engaged or married. Yeah, Cause it's yeah. like, I mean, I always watch my parents and like all my friends' parents and everyone's like, their dad just picks up the check like that's not like i've never seen like a husband and wife like that i know like split a check <laughs> i mean well, yeah no getting that yeah.
2: millennial generation i have some married couples that they still they don't have the uh, joint bank accounts which is fine that's totally changed in the culture as well right, right. but they'll send each other money like they're married and they're paying for each other's more piece of the mortgage yeah you know and it's like Okay, I don't get it. I don't get it. Sounds,
0: sounds complicated.
2: Right. I, it's just easier to have one bank account yeah. and everything come out yeah, of the same thing. Yeah, I feel thing. like
1: you just kind of consider it like we share our money and yeah. everything we pay for is like a team effort. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got this really fond memory. I was I, don't, I can't remember how I got into trouble, but I obviously was bad-mannered at school and I had to write like a, you know, manors maketh man I think was the heading and I had to do like a three-page, you know, I probably was about 10. Um And uh, <clears throat> so I think my mom still has it. So I'm, I'm heading back to Australia tomorrow. So I'm going to see if she has it somewhere in a fold of it. But it was certainly all about what we've talked about, you know, like please and thank you and yes, sir, no, sir. And, you know, uh, table manners and then, you know, dopping your cap at the, the crossing as I spoke. So I, I'm going to try and get hold of it. But let's transition to like manners in the workplace, right? So again... <laughs> You know, what's going on, you know, in this office that you think are, like, either great manners that really help, you know, the relationships between the team here or bad manners that kind of pisses people off? What, 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 what do you think?
2: Do manners go as far as to, like, dress code at the workplace? Would you consider that part of the manners category? No,
0: I, I don't know. I'd probably not, but what, in what context?
2: So, I mean, being millennial, and I see my generation in that weird professional state, and... I grew up in the idea that when you're at work, you dress for what you do. When you go on an airplane, like it blows my mind when people wear, you know, sweatpants and they look like they just rolled out of bed, didn't even do their hair. I mean, I grew up, I had to dress like I was going to church to ride the airplane. So I do the same thing when I'm going to work. Now it's a little bit relaxed. You know, I've accepted the more casualness. So I'm wearing jeans, but I've always got a polo or a button up. And depending on the day, like I'll wear my t-shirt maybe once a week. But when people come to work and they're wearing their gym shorts and a t-shirt and and some ratty, you know, Nike shoes. It's like, how's this work acceptable, especially mm-hmm. in the professional environment?
0: Well, I, I think we'd send those people home in shorts and raggy shirts.
2: We've shoes. gone to that now. We used yeah. to allow shorts here, yeah. believe okay. it or not. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, crazy. And so it's hard to see the change in the end. It doesn't necessarily affect their work. Maybe it makes it better. I don't know. You know, but it's interesting to see. You know, what we've allowed, what what level of professionalism are we going to maintain? And does that is that dictated by what we wear?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, we have many functions here in the office, right? And we're always bringing clients in and, you know, we have our tech team and I guess the tech team ever or technology guys, right, have that bit of a, you know, reputation of just, you know, working all night and being in their sweats and, you know, um, you know, working at their computer and not really being customer facing. Um, But I think we have to have a standard here in the office and we do, Um, you know, we probably could enforce it a little bit uh, more. But again, it's it's a casual work environment. Um, you know, if you're if you're an account manager or a sales guy, you know, you 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 do need to dress the part. And you know, we, we're always having visitors, so I think dress is important. Um, but in terms of manners in the workplace, I think I'm thinking of like, you know. Barging into meetings, you know, um, being late for meetings, um, having a messy environment around, um, you know, not, not really respecting people in terms of, you know, too much noise or saying the wrong things. I, I don't know. Hannah, what, what, what do you observe?
1: Um, I mean, I think it kind of depends on the office environment these days. Cause I've seen both, like, I think they both still exist, like the super formal type office environment and then an environment kind of like ours. That's very relaxed. And we kind of emphasize just being relaxed and like wearing not quite as fancy as outfits. I mean, my, at uh, my first job I ever got, um, it was out in LA. My, I just, I just wanted to Set the record straight. So I asked my manager on my first day, like, what, what's kind of your guys' typical dress code? Because my first day, I was, like, pretty dressed up. And I was feeling like I was a little overdressed. And so I kind of just threw out the question. And she's like, well, dress for the job you want. And I was uh. like, well... I want your job. And she was dressed pretty nice. So that just like kind of like stuck in my head, like, and she wore heels, like almost every day Wore like nice business pants almost every day. She'd wear like jeans on Friday, but she just dressed really nice. So, I mean, obviously I kind of like go according to the environment I'm in. Like, obviously here we're a little bit more downplayed with what we wear. And so I've kind of like, I mean, I love like fashion and stuff. So I kind of like dress to me and my personality and like stuff that I like to wear and think is fun but even sometimes here I feel a little Mm -hmm. (laughs) overdressed compared to some people but I don't know that's just I feel like I have a more productive day when I actually get up and get ready but um, as far as like manners I've just kind of through everything that I've ever done like school being at home like church things like that I've just learned over time that like it's never appropriate to like late to something as important as like a meeting at work or like barge into a meeting. Like I would feel very hesitant to ever do anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think because we're in such a casual environment, people kind of take that a little too far with certain things. And I, I don't think they maybe do it intentionally, but just like being in that environment and kind of like just knowing that there's such a casual mentality, people will do things without realizing that it's a little bit rude or disrespectful to like barge into a room or kind of like yell or something when people are trying to have a conversation. Or my biggest thing is, especially being a younger person, it's like, I never want to be talked over or like skipped over. Like that's one of the biggest things that really kind of bothers me or irks me because it's like I just I want to be heard I don't want my like feelings and opinions and thoughts to be invalidated by people just talking over me or skipping over me so I think that's something that people in the workplace don't always realize about millennials is like sometimes when you're just totally talking over us like that's just going to make us feel small and make us feel less likely to want to interact basically in any sort of meeting environment
0: my grandmother used to tell me it's better to be uh, looked over than overlooked which was kind of interesting it's got multiple Mm meetings but uh it's good hey uh so this may be an okay this may be an okay boomer moment right so tell me am i off base when i get like super kind of Wrapped around, like, when I go into the kitchen and there's dirty dishes everywhere, is that, like, is that an okay boomer moment, like, just leave it alone and walk out, or what what do you guys think?
2: No. I think it's pretty typical in offices. Um, I don't think we're the only one to have issues with it. I mean... I have, I'd have Gen X friends and Boomer friends who you go into their own house and it's disgusting. So if they treat their own house that way, what makes you think they're going to treat their office right. space that way? I know what I do is I do my best not to bring in plates or if, or if I do use yeah. something, it's something I can, I hate to say it, that I can throw away. Right. Or it's my own piece so that I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave it in the sink. I'm going right. to take it back to my desk. Even right. if it is dirty, I'll put it in my drawer or whatever. And I'll clean it back out before I use it the next time. But I'm the same way. I, I agree. I hate the fact that it's dirty. I've, I've even proposed some ideas on how to keep things clean to just make groups responsible for the the kitchen at one time. But people don't want that because people don't want to be responsible for cleaning someone else's mess up. Right. So it's either we respect it as a team or we get rid of it as a team, in my opinion. But
0: So this is how I handle it. And I think this is interesting, right? Like, how do you coach or how do you give, give feedback to millennials? So I took, I took photos of it, right, the disgusting sink, and then I put it on Slack, and I just said, this is disgusting, right, we can do better than this. And then I washed everything up, uh, unloaded the dishwasher, loaded the dishwasher, made it perfect, took another photo, and said, like, this took five minutes, right? And so I actually, I kind of, I'm, maybe I'm weird, I actually enjoy going in, and if the dishwasher's clean, I just unload it, right? So I guess I've I learned over time that, you know, keep things kind of clean and tidy, but... So that was the way I communicated to the team. Was that appropriate? Not appropriate? How do you like? And I've noticed that actually we've got a lot better since then. That it's actually people are kind of being a little bit more on point. So I what, think what, people what, are being
2: on point because they're afraid of you. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I think
1: honestly, though, like whether people like it or not, or feel called out or not, like that is very effective. Right. It's like you never want to be the person that gets called out. I would say. I mean, I. Similar to Evan, I just, I mean, this is probably bad, not a very environmentally conscious attitude, but like I will just always bring in something that I can throw away. Right. Like whenever, whenever I was in an office, I just like really never wanted to use the dishes because I just like didn't want to make like an unnecessary mess. And I just kind of would just use something that I could throw away. But I mean... Apart from, like, workplace and household, I'm, like, a very big, like, neat freak and, like, something that I'm having an issue with at the moment with my roommate is she's not quite as clean as I would like her to be. And she leaves dishes in the, like, in the sink when, like, the dishwasher is... not even a foot away. And right. I'm just like, why can't you just put it in? The, I don't get, it's like where you're coming from of like, this was not hard kind right. of attitude. It's like, I have that attitude too. I think that was just the way I was raised. My dad like really ingrained that in me. And I just always laugh now. Cause like when we were on like summer break or something during school, my dad would come home after like a long work day. And then he would see that there was like dishes in the sink and he would just be like, infuriated by that <laughs> right. and like i was like oh my god like chill out like back then like right. didn't think it was a big deal um so like w- if we heard him like pulling into the garage me and my brother would go sprint <laughs> and, like clean or whatever <laughs> but now i like i get that like her, her and i have different schedules she's a nurse she has days off and when i know she had a day off and literally had nothing else going on and could have done that and then i come home and like our house is a mess or there's like dishes in the sink. I'm like, are you serious? Like right. I get really mad. So, right. I mean, maybe that's just a personal thing, but I would just never put that on my coworkers at all either. I would never leave yeah. dirty dishes.
0: So if you've got an issue with a millennial, right? So, in you know, I manage a number of millennials, actually all millennials. Um, so if you've got something that's not work-related, maybe it's personal hygiene, maybe it's dress code, maybe it's, you know, manners. Like how, how should one... Coach me here. Like, how should I approach that? Is it, like, I guess the options are sit down, have a real conversation, slack them, message them, (laughs) leave a note on their desk. I mean, how do you actually do that? Um,
1: I mean, I would say in certain ways, like, you could maybe agree with this. Like, if you kind of, like, address something that may seem, like, a little naggy or something over text or, like, slack or whatever, it just comes off very, like, passive aggressive. So I always think it's, like, a little bit better to just, like, approach the person in person and just, I don't know, maybe like try and talk and tell them in like a nice, respectful way or I don't really know, honestly. Yeah,
2: which is interesting because us millennials, we we don't like talking face-to-face. We (laughs) want that digital communication, but then we get super offended way too easily. That's one thing I don't like about the, the stigma around the millennials in our generation is that I don't like babying people just because they want to feel better and feel different. Like we're in a professional environment right. we can act professional as adults and talk to each other as adults. And if there's a legitimate problem that's creating issues in the workplace, whether it's your cleanliness or the way you treat people or the fact that I'm always late to meetings, you know, there's professional ways, no matter what age group you're in, to pull somebody aside and say, this is what we need to do and I need right. you to work on this. Right. And so I, I think it comes down on more of the millennials to be like, I understand that You know, we need, I need to be, I need to listen when it's time to listen because, you know, you, you know, being the boomer in the, in the room have been through everything. You've been successful. You've done all the stuff. I need to respect that. And I need to understand that you're not yelling at me or telling me to do this because you're triggering or you're targeting me. You're doing it because this is a professional environment. I'm paid to be here for a reason, not because of my feelings.
0: Right, right.
2: That's the way I see it. Now, right. it may not be the same amongst a lot of millennials, and I, I, I frustrate frustrate a lot of millennials here in the office myself because I violate some of those things. Where, you know, I'll just walk in, I'll be like, ah, come up with an idea, or I'll step on someone's toes. But yeah. I'm still learning how to communicate better too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, those types of things, um, you know, for me, it's like, you know, giving the giving feedback, right, in the moment, right, and not in public, right, so if you've got an issue or you want something addressed or something thought about, it's like, hey, Evan, you've got five minutes, right, after a meeting, and then just, it's not addressing down, it's more of a, a request, right, hey, I'd really... Would request that you come early to the meeting, right, or on time, because you know there's ten people in the room waiting for you, and we can't get started, right. So I think it's, it's that type of feedback, and um, you know, I guess, you know, you can give that one, two, three, four times, and then it becomes a real issue, right. It's like, okay, so you're not listening, you're not, you're not preparing yourself appropriately. Um, I remember really early. Again, I, I keep going back in time, right. I remember really early in my first job, the guy that was. Next to me, like had a real bad personal hygiene issue, right? He either wasn't showering or wasn't didn't use deodorant, right? And it was like, okay, so who's going to talk to this guy? Right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> so. Then it was one. like back then, it was like I think we got one of the PAs to sit down with him and talk to him about what he needed to do, but it was like, ugh.
1: yeah, it's awkward when like in a business environment you have to kind of address something that's pretty personal, right. like hygiene yeah. overall. But I mean, I would say like same with Evan, it's like. I definitely feel like that stigma has a lot of truth to it, that we like, our feelings are easily hurt. We don't like face-to-face conversation as much as we say we do. But I think in like a business setting, if it's like my manager, like someone even higher than my manager, like if you're just stern with me and kind of like, I don't know, a bit of a hard ass, like I will respond (laughs) and that will be a lot more effective than you babying me probably. I mean, I would listen to what you said regardless, because that's just how I am. But yeah, yeah, I think being stern is not such a bad thing. And obviously having like a hierarchy of respect and kind of like authority over people is like still something that should be applied to the workplace. I don't think everyone should just sit around babying each other. We would never get anything
0: done. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Evan, you probably don't like being babied either.
2: Not exactly. No. I mean, I like being put in my place at times and people will be like, Oh my gosh, you just got yelled at. And I was like, no, I was being taught something. And if, if you think it was yelling, it's because I probably deserved it. Um, and, I take it as an opportunity to learn and listen and don't get me wrong, like, you know, you keep mentioning being late. Like I I will be the first to admit I'm always late to things and it's not because I'm trying to be lazy, it's because I'm always pushing what I can do to the very edge and before I go to the next thing and I'm trying to get something done. I'm doing way too much. That's just
0: a bullshit excuse, Evan.
2: (laughs) But I'm oftentimes late because I'm I'm just super hyper focused on one thing and then I realize, oh shoot, it's five minutes into the meeting I was supposed to be at.
0: So this is what I do right if I've got really Im- if I've got really important meetings that I need to be at I take out my iPhone and I start setting alarms right like you know I've got a meeting at 11 I've got a call at 12 and I just
2: Oh, every meeting I have gives me four alarms before the meeting, and you're still Still late.
0: late. I think you just
1: got to do your due diligence to get your time management down. Whatever works for you, you (laughs) just got to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, that was it. Like that's a fun exploration of (laughs) manners, and I think we learn a lot at the end in terms of like how do you speak to millennials, not offend them. You know, they want to have FaceTime, but then they don't want to have FaceTime. So this is another great episode of Okay Boomer. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Hannah. And if you're out there, you want to press that bell. You want to subscribe to the channel. More coming next time. And uh, everybody, have a great day. So millennials love the boomers. Boomers love the millennials. And it's okay. Have fun. Bye. (laughs)